Welcome to African Insight, a weekly program that focuses on infrastructure projects across the African continent. Have they lived up to their promises? Who will benefit? How and more? All here on African Insight. Welcome to African Insight, a weekly show encompassing appraisal of infrastructure projects and all things African development. My name is Derek Mazarura. As the issue of land restitution intensifies in South Africa year in and year out, there are mixed sentiments as to how the revolutionary transition can be embarked upon without distorting or misunderstanding some key economic indicators. An indicator of paramount importance is agriculture infrastructure in South Africa. Does South Africa even have sufficing agriculture infrastructure for the laying down of robust foundations and for the sustenance of agriculture value chains? Joining us on the show to help unpack this and more is Gil Abel, the CEO of AgriLiving, with over 40 years of experience in farming and agriculture, and Helmut Rora, a research methodologist. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Hello, Derek. This is Gil Arbel from, from AgriLiving. Thank you, Derek, for inviting me to your program. It's an honor to reply to your questions. I am a research methodologist and will answer your questions in my opinion. Thank you. Helmut, what do you understand by the Agro-Processing Support Scheme, APSS? What are its main objectives? What impact has it made or will it make with smallholder farmers? Any notable changes to anticipate? I think we must start by defining agro-processing first. What does it mean? It can be defined as farm produce that comes off the fields regarded as first-stage products. These products then undergo processing stages to add value to them in multiple stages, which finally lands on the shelves of the retailers and other markets. Agro-processing support schemes objectives are to increase capacity employment creation modernized machinery and equipment competitiveness uh, productivity improvement and broadening participation Mm -hmm. in principle is good but i think it fails in practice in my opinion they are putting the horse in front of the cart. AP or APSS needs the food with a good footing, and that starts on with the farmer's fields. If the commercial farmer is not absolutely successful in his cultivation production, APSS will fail automatically. If the raw material source of agro-processing is not stable, then the processing thereof will simply fail. More emphasis must be focused on sufficient food, 
to high-quality produce cultivate, cultivated production. Then the immediate next issue is the market. If the processed production or the processed products don't have a good, viable and solid market, mm-hmm. APSS will fail again. And just with these two critical issues not addressed, APSS will have no input, rather a frustration and wasted time and money. Helmut, what is agriculture infrastructure financing and what are the risks involved and how can the risks be circumvented or is risk even avoidable in farming considering climate change? Agriculture infrastructure financing can be applied at a startup or a farmer experiencing business growth and needs more production infrastructure financing. I find that a farmer that lands himself rather in the position of increasing his infrastructure uh, for his production finds himself in a good position and they are usually successful and must be assisted if he cannot or if he is not in the position to assist himself. They have usually proven credibility to which a risk decision can be made thereof. Often farmers prefer to capitalize on private funding because the funder often can also directly get involved to help drive the business further. It also Uh happens that farmers can keep pace or can't keep pace with their production expenses versus revenue. It is quick to discover from the farmer's financials or financial track track records in which position he is and what brought him there. That determines the risk factor. Yet a decision due to his records must not be slammed closed. It may be a factor such as outdated implements, unreliable machinery, old tractors um, or delivery trucks or anything that's holding him back. It could also be bad marketing or bad debt collection or him having entered the wrong markets. Mm -hmm. There are many factors that can affect the farmer. Gil rate the sufficiency of agriculture infrastructure in South Africa. What's the reason for the shortcomings on the ground and what efforts have been invested to mitigate such? Okay, insufficiency of agricultural infrastructure in South Africa. Relatively, South Africa got the best infrastructure in Africa. With the terrible roads that we got here, they are much better than the roads that in Africa. Only several other countries got roads like South Africa. Uganda, Kenya, Tanzania, Botswana. But the condition of these roads continuing to deteriorate. And today we can see people in South Africa, farmers in South Africa, are battling to bring their crop to the market in time. Yes. So South Africa 
got a lot to maintain because they used to have a better system and control and maintenance that obviously is collapsing and falling apart now because of no maintenance. So this is something that must be attended and it's not a private farmer that can do as government that's supposed to maintain the infrastructure for the farmers. Helmut? The sufficiency of our agriculture infrastructure starts with our atrocious conditions of our roads. No agriculture in the world can survive such destructive conditions that are crippling our agriculture and economy. Some farmers are forced to use other roads that try, that try and reach their markets, having to ride so much further, resulting in having to lift their prices to try and survive. A lot of farmers have actually stopped the market supplies because their transport costs has overrid overridden their revenue. They must remember it's not only the fuel, it's their tires, it's a suspension, steering racks, engine mountings, gearbox mountings. Take it from me, every part of that truck is under tremendous strain and you don't want to know what it costs to, for, for their repairs. Mm-hmm. During repairs, that sometimes can take weeks for waiting for spares, the farmer can lose even more as he can't reach his market and faces the danger of losing his supply contract due to inconsistent deliveries. An 18-month study conducted shows that we had 42,000 deaths on our roads due to the bad condition thereof. Mm -hmm. That is twice as much people we have lost compared to the coronavirus. Basically, nothing has been done to recondition or reconstruct or to repair our roads. Nothing. Most, if not all, farmers give their staff housing, food, medical treatment, take, they've, uh, take and fetch their children to and from school. A lot of the farm foremen have been given a vehicle for their own use and other also use the tractor to ride around with. This all adds to a large sum of money in perks compared to the urban counterparts. Mm-hmm. that usually spend half of their wages just on taxi fares, yet are forced to pay basically the same wages. Gail, how are rising prices and constant farm attacks attributing to the food security threat in South Africa? In the short and long run, state farm types that have been affected by this, how and why? Well, regarding the rising prices and the constant farm attacks attributed to food security and threat to South African farming and food security, it's very clear. Uh, People don't like to be under content attack from cost prices, life attack, animal theft, 
vandalism in a, a free range all over on farms without police capable catching the people because they are busy so much in other places. Uh, all is not making the agricultural uh, community an attractive for investment. And uh, if you don't continue to invest in agriculture, you're going backward. That's what's happened with vegetable export compared fruit export. Yes. Vegetable export is 2% and fruit export is 45%. It's uh, labor-intensive, and the labor issue is known in South Africa. People simply don't want to work on a farm with a minimum wage. They want to work in town, so they're working in town. And it's more and more difficult to get people on a farm and people that are serious and want to stay. Even today, with all the bonuses and the accommodation on a farm and the good transport that the farmer is organizing. And I'm talking organizing. I'm not a researcher and uh, collecting information from Google and newspapers. I do every day. Thousands of farmers, thousands of people are going to the farmers that we helped to develop and run the business. To pick, to pick and to sell. Mm -hmm. So if the farmer is attacked and he doesn't know from where the next murder will come and the prices of all the equipment and the raw material are going up, he cannot catch up and he cannot increase the price to cover it because there is an international price. It's cheaper today to bring maize to the port of South Africa and to sell it for 200 $250 a ton, than to grow it here. Helmut? Rising operational costs has to be absorbed by the consumer, unfortunately. The farmer has to run exceptionally lean with his operational costs and usually has to lay off some of his staff in the process to stay afloat. There is basically no agricultural sector that can be excused from this dilemma. Even if you are a major exporter, take our wine produ producers, for instance, that played a vital role in our export is now laying in tatters because the South African government decided to halt all wine exports during the COVID-19 lockdown. Mm -hmm. The question is why? In my opinion, I know exactly what the farmers are undergoing with the spate of farmer tax as I was a farmer as well. No one can imagine constant agony and fear the entire family undergoes day and night, mutilated, raped and murdered for being a farmer. It has become a political impeditive attack on not only the farmers, but also the entire industry and the people in this country that are reliant on the food supplies by them. It also, or it has also murdered the farmers, black staff, families, and now has turned on successful black farmers. So it's unlikely that it is a racial motivated 
situation. So obviously it must be a political one. If it is criminals, then why is it there is there no attempt made to catch them? Mm-hmm. I forecast that if the escalation and continuous farm attacks endure another six months, it will result in the South African agricultural sector to collapse completely. This will result in South Africa that has all the potential, know-how, experience and land and weather to become the breadbasket of Africa and elsewhere to become an importer of all its food. This will also greatly affect our neighboring countries, Botswana, Mozambique and Namibia, that are all reliant on our food production, especially Botswana that is landlocked. This can likely strain the economy to such an extent that that or extent, um, extent of collapse that it finds itself facing a civil war in this country mm-hmm. and could spill over into the rest of Africa. Nothing is being done about it and I have no clue why this behavior is allowed. Gil, what is APSS multiplier potential, especially considering the role of smallholder farmers in economic growth? What role can be played by programs such as APSS in cushioning the country from climate change? There is no potential for small-scale farmers in agroprocessing. The small-scale farmer will stay small because he is not giving a chance to get bigger, smarter, equipped correctly, trained correctly, to deliver to the big upstream value-added business factories that need quality, quantity every day. Mm-hmm. No stories of, I didn't have, I didn't get the money, I didn't have the tractor, I didn't do this, and I forgot, and, uh, and, and all the stories. There is no stories in agriculture. If the factory doesn't get the product, it cannot work. It's the end of the story. If the chain store is not getting the delivery from the small-scale farmer packed properly, qualified, with a certificate every day to fill up the shops, mm-hmm. the shops will lose the money and will never give again the order to the small-scale. Helmut, describe the strong upstream and downstream linkages in the agro-processing sector particularly in employment creation and poverty eradication. Let's take our fruit cultivation sector. It has to date managed to export 84.1% of its local production in fresh and processed form. On the other hand, our vegetables have performed very badly in comparison. 46% of our vegetables produced is sold through local fresh produce markets. 42% is sold through direct sales and own consumption. 10% are processed and only 2% are exported according to the IDTT 2018 figures. This is exactly where our problem lies regarding our poor performance. 
we can do just as well with our vegetables as we are doing with our fruit export. And even more so if we look or lock our sights on organic farming. I specialize in organic farming and must stress the fact that it is less expensive and less cumbersome to farm organically than using chemical fertilizers. Mm -hmm. If we could reach the level of our fruit export, it will be a massive game changer for the South African ailing economy and our collapsed employment. It also raises the level of our food security substantially and the morale of the South African people. I'm a research methodologist in agriculture and have researched and developed OMIT, for instance, which stands for Organic Medium and Close Troughs Methodology, specifically done in the most arid conditions of the west coast of South Africa with this astounding success. Even though it has eliminated all weeding, trapping all the moisture, automated irrigation, and high possible, possible or the highest possible quality of fast growth compares very favorably to hydroponics and conventional farming methods, but is still not solving our production costs, as it is still pointing its finger at our labor cost. The only methodology to overcome our labor cost is to withdraw the labor from the cultivation process and focus on the mechanization, semi-automation and full automation thereof. Mm -hmm. Suddenly it changes into a complete different game with endless opportunities. And that's where we focus on high labor content. You will ask and where is that content? It is in agro-processing. Now, for the first time, we will have more than enough high-quality and low-cost-burdened cultivated material to start with our agro-processing. One of the most important morale boosters is this equation, is that for this equation, is that people can now work in comfort and protection. Gil, how can the integration of youth capacity development and sustainable management in agriculture and agro-processing be implanted to deal with the issue of aging farmer population? To deal with the issue of aging farmer population, there is only one way. is the way that they do it. They're forcing their children or family to learn, join them in time to take over. It's all over the world. 98% of American farmers, it's a family farm, not a community farm. Mm -hmm. There are big difficulties today to take the young generation that went to study some agricultural lines, if it's a BAC agronomy or some colleges, without practical experience. They cannot farm. You cannot become a small-scale farmer or a small-scale farm without 
real, serious, intensive, on-hand, practical farming experience. And you will not get it from a farmer for a year or two, and then you start to go on your own competition to him. Therefore, this dream of mentoring by the big farmers of the new farmers is the only way it will never happen. It's like you are trying to ask ZZ2, big, big farmers, uh -huh. to go and train properly, practically young farmers so they can go and build a big farming operation to compete with them. Helmut? We have a serious problem with our continuation of our specialized farming practice in South Africa. A minute amount of our youth is exposed to farming. We only have approximately 34 agricultural schools and institutions in the country. That's basically about three per province. It is very difficult to research the quality thereof and the attendance volume. The knowledge and the know-how of farming co comes from practicing and practices day in and day out, and not so much the theoretical school class education. Where will these students be accommodated while the farming industry is collapsing? Even young farmers that come from active farming backgrounds are having problems as their fathers cannot afford to pay their salaries. Uh -huh. The way it is going in South Africa, agricultural sector, the youngsters believe that they don't have a future in farming. This results in them having no other choice but to, snatch, to be snatched up by American, Australian, Canadian and New Zealand farmers that are too happy to take them into employment because they are usually already trained, responsible, disciplined and hardworking. We're going to take a quick break and after the break we zero in on land availability and remote areas, corruption in agriculture in South Africa, the role of ICT and digitization and large-scale agricultural impacts Join us after the break. This is African Insight on Channel Africa DSTV 802. Join me, Derek Mazarura, as we journey through the structure beneath the structure, northeast, west, south, and central Africa to find the project, the meaning with the people for the people. Every Wednesday mornings at 8 regional national sub-national from morocco's north africa power transmission corridor to the eco villages in togo among many all here on african insight channel africa bringing you the african perspective welcome back to the show gentlemen if you're just joining us, we are looking at agriculture, infrastructure, and agro-processing in South Africa. Gil, 
What critical impact does APSS have upon agriculture subsectors and remote areas? Can rural areas be viewed as potential emerging markets? Rural area can be a small market. Uh, you know, we are working now on a new project to grow the vegetables in Umtata for Umtata. Mm-hmm. So, two million people in one area. It's a rural, call it a rural area. Uh, it can be a, a market for 20, 30 hectares of intensive farming. Right now, if you take uh, Umtata as a rural area, everything comes from outside. But to become a self-sufficient quality grower in a rural area, you need to know how to do. And you need the money to buy the equipment, to get the water, to build a greenhouse, to put the irrigation, and then what variety, how to pick, how to grow, when to spray, how to fight the insects, what to do with the windy day, and deliver every day picked beautiful to the market and to the chain store, they will take it. But to do it, it's a long battle, lots of money, and willingness to pay, to lend the money, to whom? Who is in the market with all this knowledge to guarantee to do it properly? Mm-hmm. Remember, the vegetables are coming from huge farms that are organized and learned from experience and moving from area to area to be suitable in weather, winter, summer, and the trucks arriving in Umtata, for example, again, offloading 20 pallets of tomatoes and going back 800 to 1,000 kilometers to the farm. So need truck delivery from the correct area to grow it with the correct experience. Rural is very difficult market. Is corruption in agriculture common in South Africa as it is with other sectors of the economy, especially in infrastructure projects? Is corruption inevitable in South Africa and the Southern African region? Unfortunately, where the South African government is involved, even in agriculture, is usually corrupt. Let's take the Estina Dairy Farm scandal with 280 million rand landed in the wrong hands and the project never saw the light of day. According to the South African Society of Agricultural Extension, which is the SASAE, the key cause of construction projects failures as per their ranking with poor communication, lack of monitoring and evaluation, lack of client and beneficiary involvement, Mm -hmm. lack of project planning, financial difficulties, poor project scheduling, incompetent project or incompleted project drawings, conflict, poor technical performance and changing client requirements. No government must interfere with the agricultural funded projects and extensions whatsoever. Firstly, they have no clue of farming and cultivation. 
the departments to whom the money is entrusted to invest correctly become tempted to siphon off mm-hmm. some of the capital for their own gain, which sometimes becomes so bad that they nearly or that nearly all of its lands in the pockets of the corruptors. Helmut, how can PPPs play an instrumental role in ensuring positive frameworking and policing in order to protect both consumer and producer? In South Africa, the relationship of PPP is tipping negatively and can collapse. I believe that PPP worked well in the past with larger contracts. It makes perfect sense that it should work well, especially with national infrastructure projects, such as building stadiums, harbors, logistics, roads and bridges. Lately, it is floundering because the government has run out of money, but still needs to keep the economy rolling. Private companies with PPP contracts are being crippled by slow and non-payment. The relationship has reached a stage where it is not viable to execute a government project anymore due to a failing cash flow. In the process of having to wait so long for one's payment, Mm -hmm. material and other expenses keep on escalating and the contractor is obliged to pay the difference, not to mention all the salaries and wages that that have to be paid during this forced idle time. We must understand that there is a vast difference between government capital and private capital. Private capital is money from the proceeds of hard work, risk, blood, sweat and tears. If you lose lose it, you lose everything. Yes. And you can land up in the streets. Government capital is the taxed part of that hard-earned money. Gil, what new agriculture practices is South Africa experiencing? Describe the role played by ICT and digitization in bolstering productivity and growth. Hydrophonics, waterphonics, aquaphonics, aquaculture, and hydrophonics is a long time in the business. In South Africa, privately owned. Sure, it's blustery. Sure, it's making much more money. But this knowledge is not available for free or not even for a fee because the farmers are drawing it, experiencing and learning it and making plenty mistakes before they got to these results are not there to open and train others to compete with them. It is a competitive business. So the farmers that invested in money and time to learn and then build the expensive infrastructure and then blustering and blossoming and obviously making some more money because of smart farming that they took a chance and learn mm-hmm. this is changing the market certain crops cannot be grown in the open anymore with 
the risk attached to them. If you take a, a simple line like lettuce, crisp lettuce, you know, yeah, you need specific weather. It doesn't like the heat and doesn't like the cold and it doesn't like this and that. And to get every day the quality that a customer wants, you cannot grow in an open. Can agro-processing actualize macroeconomic potential? If so, how? Well, theoretically it can, it is. But it's done by the selective, smart, high-tech farming organization in-house. Mm-hmm. This is not something that can change the smart the small-scale farmers, because they cannot get to it, simply competition. This is not something that uh, can be given. Helmut, can South Africa become the breadbasket of Southern Africa and other regions fully? What is its potential and what inhibits it? How can that be resolved? South Africa has all the components to become a breadbasket of Southern Africa and a formidable fresh and processed exporter. It is a country that has so many different climates from tropical to subtropical, Mediterranean, hot, cold, desert conditions. It has vast farming spaces and arable and non-arable soil. But as I already mentioned in this interview, the farming conditions in South Africa, with reference to its failing infrastructure, political interference, farmers' safety, collapsed econ economy, farmers' mm -hmm. withdrawals, and a general work workers' unwillingness to work on farms, all adds to the collapse of our food security in its in this beautiful country of ours with such vast potential. Unless there is not an intervention to combat the unfortunate dilemma mm -hmm. the farming community is facing in South Africa, we will become food importers. Gail? Thank you for giving me the opportunity to answer your question that are very important for our country, for each country in Africa. And if I would allow, if you will allow me to come up with my request or question for the sake of South African agricultural future. Mm -hmm. That I hear that in 2021, the land issue will be finalized and the land will be taken the way that some parties are advocating all the time. Can we please have one debate with these people that are advocating to destroy this important industry for the country and for the people of the country. I would like to ask the correct parties that are advocating to take the land 
What will they do with the land? What did they do until now? Are we in a country with hooligans? Gangsters? Or we got some sense here? What are you going to take something and you don't know what to do with it? You got farms that the minister bought 15 years ago, well running beautiful farms given to the people that worked only for 20 years to supposed to know what to do. Two years later, a 50, 60 year old farm, successful, profitable, was shut down. So all these people that want to change the constitution and want the land for their people, answer on one question. What will you do with this land? I don't want to say what you all know. You probably do what you did until now. Take a productive farm and shut it down. So let's be together. Only a united country can succeed. Let's sit around a table with professional people that doing the daily job to keep South Africa eating their own food. Let's see exactly how we're solving this psychological, social problem that people think if they go to land, they can make the money. They can farm well. Let's sit and talk. But let the public hear the answer. I think it's fair for the citizen to hear the leader debating in a professional manner, respectful manner, but answer. And if you haven't got the answer, don't do something that will destroy the livelihood of a country and its people. Thank you. Gentlemen, thank you for affording us your time. That marks the end of our show and the beginning of a new perspective in our quest for victory. South Africa, like a good part of Africa, is endured with a world of resources. Every accumulated wealth came through a perfect approach. For change to be changed, it took purpose and preparedness. South Africa is in an enviable position to decide on a way forward that will surely empower its people than destroy mindset to create a legacy of skill, knowledge and sustainability. The complete liberation of one economy opens channels for other economies and thorough sensitization of one nation makes many prosperous nations. Africa has a job to do and all we want for our Africa is doing things the right way. For doing it right is the African way. Join us again next week same time as we explore the structure beneath the structure right here on African Insight. My name is Derek 
Mazarura, and it's bye for now.